This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Talk money to me. Hello and welcome to Talk Money to Me. I'm Candace Burke. And I'm Felicity Thomas. Thanks so much for tuning in to part two of our Uranium series. In today's episode, we're taking a deep dive, pun intended here, into the company called Deep Yellow, which is a 400 million market cap Uranium company led by John Borshoff, who is, we would argue, one of the market's most experienced executives in the Uranium industry. The code on the ASX, in case you're interested, is DY. Oh. Now, Deep Yellow, impressively, once it's in production, will actually be one of the largest pure play uranium producers on the ASX. And it is an advanced, geographically diverse uranium company, developing one of the largest global inventories to establish uh, over 10 million pounds per annum multi-line producer and provide security and certainty of long-term supply in a growing market. Now, since 2016, Deep Yellow has delivered excellent exploration and development growth through the successful execution of its unique dual pillar growth strategy, which John will go into a little bit later. Yeah. And as you'll also hear, the rapid growth and success to date of Deep Yellow has been really spearheaded by the current management team, obviously led by CEO and managing director, John, who we have on the show today. And of course, his incredible team that he has surrounded himself, which they all largely worked together uh, previously at Paladin Energy, which developed two uranium mines in Africa and grew to be over a 4 billion producer in this space. So again, in our previous episode, John goes into detail about his history at Paladin and the lessons learnt, good and bad, which he's applying to Deep Yellow. So in case you haven't yet tuned in to last week's episode, which we recommend you do, John Borshoff is a geologist with more than 40 years of experience in the uranium industry, which he went through in a lot more detail in part one. So listen to that first. And so we really want to hear, I guess, more about Deep Yellow, the conviction behind it, the track record to date and the updates on the projects, which he's going to be going through since he's been in the driver's seat. October 2016. Before we get into our conversation, a quick reminder, our chat today is not considered personal advice. Even though we're registered advisors at Shoreham Partners, please note that this podcast and the content discussed does not constitute financial advice, nor is it a financial product. Everything discussed is based on facts known at the time, which is the 18th of April 2023. Thank you so much, John, for coming back on Talk Money to Me to discuss Deep Yellow. Now, the code on the ASX is DYL. So welcome back. Pleasure to be back again. You know, last time you mentioned the lessons you did learn and take from Paladin with your team that you really want to focus on the supply side moving forward. So I guess starting at that point, is that why you got involved with Deep Yellow? Uh, Yes. Uh, Well, I had to have a reason to, to take on the massive effort needed to sort of get a company going. And I had to believe in a vision that I thought I could achieve and one that I thought was appropriate to how I foresaw the world in the energy uh, situation. So, and I pondered whether to go just on that normal sort of trek the elephants do up the hill, these ageing ex directors, CEOs, and join three or four boards, one chairmanship, and all that's left up on the hill is the tusks. And I couldn't retire. I I just, my whole attitude is I come from a farming background and people 80 years old are still planting oak trees and and, uh, and for a future for a tree they will never see uh, in its full glory. That urge came back and and, uh, and it wasn't just coming back to, to work but with a belief that uh, we were doing uh, the idea was something different. And it so has proved, and which we'll go into why our strategy was so different and applicable uh, even uh, five years later. And then finding the right company that was sort of appropriate, even though it might have had 
you know, overblown share registry with a couple of million shares. I had to bring it back to the beginning of the runway rather than two-thirds the way down and, and, and you couldn't really start a company. So it, it needed uh, a sort of, uh, you know, revamping, doing consolidations, getting funding and wrapping that up with a, with a desire and I believe appropriate to, you know, what, what, what's needed. So when you were still back at Paladin, was Deep Yellow around? Like, was it on your target list? And I guess, why was it attractive? So uh, Deep Yellow was a company that was uh, formed out of administration and um, it uh, was acquired and we um, we saw interest in that, in that company and we took up a 20% uh, uh, position uh, in that when it was capitalised. The, the reason being is that we were completely in Paladin and complete operational building. And for, for nine years, we'd built two operations and three expansions. So we were continually at that sort of uh, uh, back end of the, of the chain and thought it was a good idea to support a company and we had a board representative on 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 that uh, in that company, and they sort of essentially worked in regions where we were, like Mount Isa region, uh, when we had big project in, in that in that area. We being Paladin, and uh, and also then um, on the uh, on the on those Paleo Channel systems in Namibia, and we uh, we we just you know it was independent company, but. And then sometimes we, we didn't agree. We tried to, at the latter stages, get into joint venture on that property that has now become the Tumors deposit, uh, and that, that didn't uh, uh, work out uh, for two reasons. Joint ventures are very hard to do in Namibia, and also the management was a little bit uh, short-sighted at the time. So... We had familiarity with the region. Uh, we had uh, absolute familiarity with the country and uh, and saw upside, which we thought was untapped, even though there had been a huge amount of work done on uh, on these uh, paleo channels. And they also did some work on basement targets, and these are the 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 in the crystalline uh, sort of stratas below the ancient uh, river valleys. Uh, where the Langer Heinrich and Tumors type deposits are, and uh, they did make a couple of discoveries there. Not not uh, a large amount, but very much something that we are also pursuing, and there's potential on that side. So we took courage of our conviction. So that became our our cornerstone for organic growth. You know, through the drill bit, uh, the hope to build value that way, which is a very very efficient way to put value in your in, in a company matched with, as I mentioned in my last talk, uh, the, the, the need I saw for sector consolidation in a meaningful way. And by meaningful, it, does, it means not sort of companies uh, just acquiring, you know, pound after pound distributed amongst many, many prospects, projects that will never combine into a, a workable, you know, single entity production uh, System so meaningful meaning to have uh, to acquire something that had that also that company had a cornerstone project and then we could add substantial sort of bricks to this uh, wall of uh, uh, that we we're building in terms of the supply side. Well, that's actually a really good segue to my next question. So we actually pitched Vimy as a buy on Talk Money to me back in March 2022, which has been fantastic for our investors with Deep Yellow's $658 million merger. Can you tell us a little bit more about what led to this decision? So we have uh, uh, um, both starting at Paladin Days and uh, and then constantly over the sort of four years that uh, in Deep Yellow, uh, we have a register of all of the sort of deposits uh, that are around and, and really most of the deposits that existed 10 years ago are still around and even a lot of them are 15, 20 years ago. Uh, that we're, and, and as I mentioned, there's only the sort of few like Next Gen and Fission, these, these discoveries that were in new areas, significant, I'm talking about significant. We uh, and all of these uh, companies had feasibility studies, definitive studies, 
And and I believe uh, a lot of these companies were overselling uh, the, the the quality of their feasibility studies, what it meant. And in our due diligence work on BIMI, we saw upside beyond what was recognised in the DFSs, and some of that has come out in subsequent announces we've made. So if it was just the project on its own, and that was a sort of a, a limit, the extent of this limit, we probably wouldn't have wouldn't have gone because we had to see an accretive value to the acquisition itself, and 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 Mulga Rock being the focal point was the one that we uh, we had to focus on immediately, even though we saw long-term upside in the Alligator River uh, uh, projects. On several counts, it became uh, for us uh, uh, attractive. First of all, the level of exp- expertise we could offer in a complex jurisdiction where we could give the uh, bureaucracies comfort through knowledge and, and understanding and that we were not uh, sort of experimenting our way to a, uh, a deposit. And, and, and secondly, the, uh, the added, added value that we saw and that is in effect have come out. So Vimy stood out and um, not to that short-term optimism that Vimy was, uh, was promoting. There was a lot more work necessary uh, but nevertheless, they did some excellent work uh, with the approvals that they achieved, uh, the uh, the detail of some of their test work, which was probably over-engineered, but nevertheless is a value database for us. And um, and the other thing is the company did everything in a genuine in a genuine way, which was important. I want to now focus on the three projects you just mentioned that. Uh the Malga Rock, you, you said that you had to act first. So I just want to refer back to a recent ASX announcement date on the 5th of April. I'd love to hear um, from you, you know, briefly the update on the three projects. And then if I can ask a cheeky question after, it's a bit like asking who's your favourite kid, what project of the three excites you the most? Okay, so um, I'll go through uh, just very, very high level on the projects we have. Uh, I'll preface that by laying a, a backdrop on which to assess this. We have applied our strategy uh, for five years and it has been consistent and, and really there has been you know organic work on our own projects, inorganic in sector consolidation, and the, the fifth column of our, of our effort has been building up the team. Uh, and what we've achieved in five years through a very, very, I think, visionary strategy uh, of sort of getting um, diversification, jurisdictional geographic diversification, long life uh, potential deposits with substantial uh, uh, production capability were all uh, really um, uh, something that even though today people can see oh, geez, this is great. It takes four or five years to cook uh, this recipe and make it into something, you know. And I think that, you know, um, uh, from that have emanated the the, uh, Termas in Namibia, uh, which is an ancient uh, um, shallow uh, deposit within an old river system um, uh, this Palio channel is about 120 kilometres long, of which we've tested about 60%, and uh, and and that 60% is 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 opened up about a 22 uh, 24 year mine life, and the, with the balance, we believe we'll get 30 35 year genuine uh, reserves uh, to. Uh, you know, to, to make it a truly long life uh, deposit, producing about three, three, three and a half thousand, three and a, three and a half million pounds. It's got reasonable uh, returns on the uh, on the uh, on the project, and uh, at sixty five, the numbers that we think we'll achieve are in the seventy dollars, and in that in that area, you know, we've got uh, you know very good. Um, Rates of return of twenty six percent and and NPVs of over six hundred uh, uh, million dollars US. 
when you're stress testing the price, have you got like a floor number? You're saying you can achieve 70. What's the range there? What's the best case and worst case scenario? Yeah, so essentially um, uh, what we what we are looking for is uh, um, a number that gives us internally a, a, a profit that will allow um, a replenishment of reserves, a reward to the shareholders and, and the um, – uh, so on on those criteria, we would not do anything below sixty dollars, even though we can we can do that, uh, we would not touch it, because we have we have a, an understanding and an appreciation and a belief that the price will go higher, and 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 we are trusting our judgment on that in terms of the the the, the prices that, and I think consensus now is largely on our side that these numbers would be actually achieved. That's great. So that, that is the one. Pro- adjacent to that, we have a, a, a hard rock uh, project called Omahola, and that's on a longer lead, and, and we'll be plugging away at that, and uh, uh, there's a resource there, significant, and, uh, and, and we'll see what comes out of that. Uh, through the Vimy side, we uh, acquired Mulga Rock, and Mulga Rock is, uh, again, in these uh, ancient paleo systems, much deeper in the, uh, the strata than, uh, than uh, Tumas. Tumas is sort of near surface to about 30 metres. The uh, uh, Mulga Rock is about in the sort of 30 to 40 metre deep uh, before you get to the uh, deposit, which is, may, which is contained within an ancient uh, 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 swamp, peaty, uh, uh, swamp, which is now lignitic, and uh, and it's uh, it, it's like it's about 15, 20 kilometres long, and um, and and the mineralisation is contained within within the uh, trapped uh, within those sort of units. So they're not rocks; it's just strata, soft. It's not uh, uh, there's no hard digging, and it's got higher grade. Um, uh, uh, you know, averaging out in about six, seven hundred ppm, uh, whereas uh, Mulga Rock has got uh, three hundred and forty ppm. But you've got to count that against the strip ratio. So the strip ratio for uh, for uh, tumors is about two, two and a half to one, and uh, Mulga Rock it's about twenty two to twenty five to one. So a lot of that grade you see. You, you have to account for it in the strip. And, and when you look at it all, you're about the same in terms of usable grade for the bottom line uh, at, at both, both deposits. Now, Mulga Rock is, is, is attractive uh, and, and grade, of course, uh, helps. Um, at the moment when we got it, it's got, it had a 15-year life defined. And, and with the hope that it could go to 20. Uh, for the whole, they're, they're constant, it's made up of three deposits, the West Mulgarock and East Mulgarock, separated by about 10, uh, 10 or so kilometres. And, um, and, uh, and the ones we're concentrating on at the moment are the East, which is made up of a deposit called Ambassador and, a, and, a, and, a, and a, an associated one called the uh, Princess Deposits. Now, we think that... The, these two deposits, which had a 15-year mine life, uh, will get them above 20, 25. And, uh, and uh, with uh, looking at a completely different approach uh, rather than a highly selective approach that Vimy had, select, uh, had done. And, um, and I'll come back in terms of which and what uh, uh, in terms of priorities. Um, in, in Atumas, uh, we had applied a consistent evaluation process from drilling to scoping to uh, pre-feasibility to feasibility, building up that same team. No, no gap, no, no sort of let's park it and then reconstitute it, find another team or bring up the old team together and, and not that sort of Morse code approach that deposit that were discovered in 2010 had to undergo because no money, uh, look, not going to do, we'll put it to rest and, uh, and there's a lot of loss in that, uh, uh, that uh, in terms of the, the, the end, end result. And then uh, the Alligator Rivers, which, uh, you know, uh, my team and myself, we've been involved there since 1986 
and we're very aware of the potential there, not just, you know, yeah, it's a great area with neurology in terms of Jabaluka and uh, and uh, and Ranger and um, and then uh, Narbalek, which is now a a, a mothball, not a mothball, a uh, abandoned uh, operation, fully reclaimed, etc. And um, and what Bimi did was uh, got a, a large parcel of ground. Could ill afford the 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 acquisition because they barely could raise enough money to keep uh, uh, Mulga Rock going. So basically that short amount of money steered the strategy of bloody hell, we've got a bit of money, let's get the best drill hole result we can in alligator. So there was that, and, and why is that? It's a genuine thing people do um, and, and not looking at the general potential of that huge acreage but focusing on that deposit that they that they sort of acquired a small one and and not and 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 all that works its acquisition had not been optimal in terms of how you'd approach a hugely prospective area and develop a strategy of uh, isolating the prospective corridors and using those as your nursery and also then parallel to that doing detailed work on prospects and, 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 and that's how you then get a 200 million pound uh, deposit, which is what we're sort of looking for. So that's the, and, and on that there is a, it's a long way from uh, uh, developing. We think if we can get a, a, a resource, a reserve base there of the substantial nature uh, in three to four years, uh, that will be something that will be for development in the late 20s, early 30s. Okay, so to summarise, it sounds like Mulgarock is the middle project in terms of duration with the shortest upside in Tumas project and then the long duration in Alligator. So I guess, I mean, it's hard to, it's hard to answer my question, what's your favourite, but what do you feel has has the most excitement, you know, out of those three projects? Yes, and, and the, uh, the, the whole thing is, is that it's a matter of uh, we believe uh, and we haven't slowed down Mulga Rock because of any preference on, on uh, uh, tumours. We can't afford to play games like that. What we need to do is, is at, at the time we are now and to say, look, this project we can get to investment decision within, uh, within um, sort of uh, 12 or 15 months and this project we can get to investment decision uh, within 24 to 30 mu- uh, months. And and that dictates ha- the progress of how you how you then uh, uh, deal with uh, both the jurisdiction in Namibia is easier, uh, not 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 because of environmental or uh, because they're sec- you know they, they take short steps. They, it's it's got an established industry that's got the two only two modern uranium mines in the world, which is um, uh, Langer Heinrich and Husab, the Chinese one. And and with that, there's a whole bureaucracy that understands development, that encourages it. So uh, a lot of the sort of gnarly issues with jurisdictions that aren't quite uh, used are, are overcome. So there's a there's a, uh, a, an ease in terms of um, uh, how you can get uh, to production. In Western Australia, uh, it's a, it's a more challenging in the sense that it's a um, it's the first uranium mine in the state. Um, there's a bureaucracy that that um, is also uh, on on a bit of tender hooks. You know, it's a new project. It's a new uh, the commodity is always there uh, with that sort of uh, uh, Simpsons um, training behind a lot of the people, and and so they've got to sign off on things that. Um, that they've got to be really confident that the people that are actually uh, proposing it know their, know their stuff and, and they, gain, they gain confidence through that. And, I mean, there's all objectors they've got to look at and, uh, and, and the policy. So, and I, look, the challenges of Western Australia, I think, uh, 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 I, I, I like them. Um, I, I don't, don't steer away from them. I think we're capable of overcoming it and I think we can work in partnership with a discerning government uh, and within the parameters of approval that have been given to us through what uh, um, uh, Vimy achieved. So it's just how it is. 
that uh, we think will go into production on, on tumours late 25, early 26, and uh, 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 Vimy, uh, the Mulga Rock falls into place of the late 27, early 28 type uh, production scenario. About the same, uh, about the same um, uh, uh, sort of uh, uh, um, a production of about three, three, three and a half million. The the excitement of of, um, uh, uh, of Mulga rocks is that it looks like it's going to be a polymetallic mine, and uh, with with uh, battery minerals, you know, all the energy minerals that have been that will be uh, that are associated with it, and uh, that we'll be looking at that opportunity uh, uh, in a in a holistic way, and it gives us uh, other options and and levers for value uplift. Uh, so that is uh, is exciting uh, us a lot as well. Now we're going to hear more about Deep Yellow strategy and why you should be investing in uranium now, in particular why you should be investing in Deep Yellow. But first, let's hear from our sponsors. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. So you mentioned you've applied your strategy for five years now. Now on Talk Money to Me, we always like to talk money. So can we go through Deep Yellow's financial outlook and why Deep Yellow is a great investment for our listeners wanting to get into the uranium market? I mean, what is the Deep Yellow strategy? So the Deep Yellow strategy is to become a globally diversified producer, multi-mine and uh, working in tier one uh, uh, jurisdictions. And, and to be a, a trusted deliverer of product to utilities, and that's that's a that's a big statement. Um, the the uh, and, and and you really you know you need to compare uh, what Deep Yellow is against uh, its competitors. Uh, we we believe we're the best uh, positioned junior globally, not just in Australia. And, and the reason for that is we have now significant production uh, capability uh, and, and, and once we are in production, there's a potential capacity uh, out of both these operations of 7 million pounds per annum plus and not, you know, the ISR uh, type, you know, which produce 800,000, uh, uh, 1.2 million and, and uh, utilities uh, like that. The utilities also like the pi- a pipeline of projects uh, that there are. So single single project, you know, sort of one trick ponies, if you like, have have uh, have got a place. But in terms of becoming uh, a a a, a recognised uh, larger producer, um, uh, our strategy really accommodates uh, that. Uh, we've got a best-in-class team the, um, with, with comprehensive, proven knowledge, proven delivery. Not that oh, I was operating in a company and a project that produced uranium and where those people were just a, a one part of a complex uh, system. This team is the delivery team at, at both, you know, geological uh, engineering, technical, marketing, governance, uh, and all of those associated things that uh, uh, that uh, that a uranium miner that he really needs to uh, attend to, and it's a proven team of builders that makes us unique. And I use the word unique in a true sense of the word. For conventional uranium operations, uh, uh, I'd match us with anybody. And uh, um, the uh, we've got highly exploration, uh, highly uh, potential, you know, uh, a potential exploration project with huge upside, 
uh, which uh, which can give us added scale. And and the remarkable thing is that even in our advanced projects, we've got upside in reserves, which is going to recalibrate uh, the company there. And um, and what we've achieved today, as I mentioned. Uh, um, you know, has taken us five years. And, and what we said we would do, we did. The, 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 and and uh, it would have been just good enough if we just discovered uh, Tumas uh, deposit from, from essentially a blank piece of paper. That in itself would have been, is a remarkable achievement. But on top of that, uh, we also did acquisition, targeted a very appropriate uh, uh, deposit with with these uh, adva- you know, approvals there that even though uh, WA is, uh, is no pro, not pro-uranium uh, uh, at the moment, um, uh, we, we believe we have the framework uh, to proceed to, uh, uh, to production. So what it means is, is that uh, the next five-year uh, plan is uh, execution. And, uh, and so people start trusting us that, Geez, these guys said something like this, and 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 that was oh yeah, whether they do it, blahdy blah. Well, we did it, and 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 what we are saying for the next phase of executing on production, we will do. And it's the same bloody team that said these impossible dreams at Paladin that also delivered on on this, and uh, and and recognizing that uh, there are so few uranium companies that actually. Uh, uh, get to the uh, to the ultimate target. So, and we're delivering vision unlike any other. Uh, I think the world needs a a, a multi project uh, 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 company. I think with Rio coming out of the system, there is a va- vacuum, and the post post Fukushima reconstruction has to be a lot more than some isolated uranium mines. But to deliver things, you know, where you, you become a mini a mini chemico with multiple project opportunities, uh, allowing production optionalities. That if uh, a utility, your customer, say, "Look, we need sort of extra power with the demand," we will actually be part of that and able to 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 do that. So all of that is nothing can be achieved in one day, you know. Yeah, from a from a a virginal forest to go to a beautiful farm and paddocks that are producing is is not a oh geez I want a farm and I, I want it today you know out of out of the forest you have to work you have to develop and that's why I think in a competitive advantage we have set ourselves apart from from. Uh, 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 those, those uh, uh, our, our competitors. Absolutely. And I think investors should have a lot of confidence in Deep Yellow to, you know, because you've demonstrated time and time again that you've been able to meet these goals and actually follow through on everything that you say. I mean, right now, um, Deep Yellow is around under 500 mil market cap, but you've shown with Paladin that you've been able to grow a business to a multi-billion dollar market cap company and followed through on everything that you've promised. Yes, and and all look, all the uranium equities have gone uh, down substantially, uh, sort of hit in the last sort of uh, five, six months. And Good time to get in. <laughs> and it is, it is. I mean, and I, I'd say, you know, whichever one is your choice, uh, but uh, I definitely believe that um, uh, Deep Yellow is is a is in a prime position for people to position themselves and and sit back in the business class and uh, and enjoy the hard work in the cockpit and that will get where we going. As you've said, diversification of projects across different region is key and you do look for those tier one assets in those attractive jurisdictions. So I'd love to hear, you know, have you got a target list because you've done acquisitions in the past. What's the magic diversification number of projects? You've got several already, but, you know, are you just going to focus on what you've got in phase one and then go to execution or are you kind of always continuously looking in these top tier jurisdictions? As a management team, we've shown we can do multiple um, activities and uh, and not 
uh, not detract one from the other. So uh, the, the the main focus at the moment is um, uh, getting tumours in Mulga Rock uh, on their on on their trajectories, and uh, and 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 uh, so that we can achieve the production target uh, dates we have, but. In parallel to that, and as you see with some of with you know some of the announcements we've made or the powerpoints that we have uh, uh, an underlying M and A strategy that is looking for uh, opportunities that are accretive to the for the shareholder. So we can offer uh, you know uh, a company that has an asset that hasn't got teams that sort of sort of are, are appropriate to needs. That it can bring it under our wing. Hopefully, that other group can also provide some uh, people to add to the pool. And uh, and 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 our, our ultimate aim is that sort of ten to sixteen million pounds. I can't talk very much about this, uh, but certainly um, how we are situated, what our team allows us to think about seriously, uh, and not just uh, you know tinkering around the edges. Uh, does give us opportunity, uh, and and I think those opportunities, yes, uh, uh, you know, timing is, is is an issue, but I think um, at at all, you know, there, there are many reasons why uh, these this can spring, you know, in the next six months, twelve months, or or whatever. And beyond that, we have other strategy, you know, growth strategies that haven't been thought about by companies. Where I think. Uh, uh, you know, Deep Yellow is eventually going, uh, and I don't think many other companies are taking uh, that track, and that's a story yet to be told, is Okay. So, look, we've seen a lot of generalist investing in the uranium sector is really increasing through ETFs and specialist uranium funds. You know, we think uranium prices will prove resilient to negative economic news from here. So why is Deep Yellow different from other uranium plays? I mean, you mentioned that uranium equities have been sold off in the last six months. There has been a lot of new ETF providers in this space. So what are your thoughts on that? So the the, the biggest asset that... A company can have is, uh, and I'll keep on coming to this, is the team. You can actually, you can have whatever deposit you like. If somebody can't can't turn that into, uh, uh, with 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 proven capacity to turn it into a, a production uh, uh, a facility, and we have definite competitive advantage against that. That is that is an asset. Everybody talks about their teams. But when I say to you that over 75 years outside the US, only three companies uh, went into production and Paladin was the one that's most significant and notable of all those. And in that period when Paladin was building, uh, three other uh, projects, uh, companies spent hundreds of millions in building a, a mine and failed. So, uh, and those failures offer opportunities in themselves later. So um, uh, the the context of, uh, of what a lot of people are, are devotees of the companies they invest in, and uh, they see them like a favourite son or a daughter, and they they, they, they they see them that they're the future Einsteins of the world or the future magnificent uh, uh, concert pianist, and they end up quite humdrum when they grow up, and. Uh, and 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 the uh, and so people have to look clearly, question those those companies, question me, and our company, and and from that you'll stand out that we are, I think, a safe safer bet uh, to achieve. I think with the uranium prices where they're going, um, in terms of the uh, you know return uh, to the investor, they're fairly well covered. But I'm talking about, you know, sort of real substantial growth, uh, great opportunity. I think some of those that break through just uh, uh, the, 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 just by being lifted by a rising tide, uh, is, uh, you've got to go beyond that and, 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 and steer. So the, the, the scale we've approached, the, the type of investors that are now looking at us, uh, we've only really, uh, only since February, uh, being able to go to the market and bring the company to the attention of the investor community with its full 
full uh, achievement of a feasibility for its inorganic project and, uh, and, and uh, the Mulga Rock. We've not been able to sell it like, like that before. So, and that, that, that sort of uh, uh, promotional uh, uh, messaging uh, is, has not even started yet. Uh, yes, we did a bit in February. March got taken over by a lot of things, and here we are in April. So there's a lot of exciting news. If you look at the amount of work we're putting out, the workflows uh, uh, and news flows that are going to come out of Tumas, Mulga Rock, Alligator is substantial, and, uh, and, and, and that will sort of uh, underpin, I think, the enthusiasm for the company. Yeah, no doubt. So it seems to me, you know, you've obviously got the rise of ESG and, and uranium. Obviously, it's cleaner and greener energy that's more sustainable for longer. So that that's a positive. And then as you're saying, you know, you're in the, the sweet spot with, with the prices and the whole commodity itself. And then finally, you know, you've got the track record. You've got to pick management team, which, you know, we'd argue you have with your team surrounding you at Deep Yellow to really not only just be lazy in the sector. So, that really makes us think, and we've heard it with another interview um, in the whole, you know, larger resource sector, that on average it's a 10 to 15 year cycle. You know, in equities we say 7 to 10, in property it's, you know, 5 to 10. Every every asset class has a life cycle. So would you say we're at the beginning of the new kind of boom in uranium? And I guess what catalysts, what catalysts have made you go, yes, we're, we're at the starting chapter? We're in the fourth cycle of the uranium, uh, you know, uh, uh, uranium boom. Uh, I mentioned the fifties with its, uh, you know, the introduction of uranium uh, used, yes, for military purposes, um, where it was a blip. Then uh, uh, the second cycle with the oil shock. Uh, the third cycle with the Chinese, and and now you have to bring, you know, in the fourth cycle with incredible uh, uh, developments in terms of, you know, zero emission. Uh, these are very, very easy words to slip out of the mouth, but just you know, think a while what difficulty there's going to be to achieve that. Uh, the diversification of supply, uh, that uh, the, the, uh, uh, the limitations of, uh, of renewables, which are essentially supplemental to the to the big delivery systems, and it won't change. So, and the demand that was already uh, there, where you know, from the four hundred reactors, conceivably uh, by twenty forty, uh, in the in the sort of reference to high case, uh, six hundred to seven hundred reactors. So, everything is conspiring. It's there for people to see that uh, a nuclear with all its attributes in against all these sort of headwinds that are that are there against a lot of the other technologies this this thing can deliver and uh, and when you combine that with you know the traditional large reactors with the smrs or these small modular reactors and how they're going to interplay they're not competing with each other um, uh, i think that we will have a, a, a boom in uranium unlike any other unlike any other wow so now's the time. You've heard it here first on Talk Money to Me. <laughs> Are there any, uh, John, any other future catalysts we should be looking out for? Uh, no. I mean, how many more? Uh, the ca- oh, yes. The catalyst that is really being awaited is the awakening of the utilities. The utilities uh, are uh, sort of uh, under a, a, a misconception that uh, supply will just happen uh, uh, to, to satisfy their needs. And, um, and, and that really that's not the case. Uh, there's a hardening of, 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 of the serious producers that they need. They need reward for their effort. Mining is a more and more difficult geopolitically, technically, uh, uh, grades, all of those things. So all of these make it that uh, um, the utilities have to say, geez, we need to give prices, we need to secure our future. And once that has happened, that's the real catalyst. And I think that's going to happen sooner than later. Uh, it, it's dream time, these uh, guys thinking, oh, well, you know, 
these mad people are going to love producing and making a loss and they'll just keep on giving us that product. So before the targets that have really been put out there by 2030 and 2035, you think it's going to be... Yeah, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. That's good to hear. So really, like, it really comes back to, and and it was really the key message I took away from the last chat with you talking about the macro, um, you know, of the whole sector is the demand's there, there's no doubt, right? It's fully driving the, the whole decarbonisation and EV play out um, and an ESG factor. We just need everyone to catch up on the supply side. Yes, and we need, we need the... Uh, the utilities, you know, SPUT and all of those, uh, and you mentioned, yes, the ETFs and uh, and all of that. But these ETFs can't work without capability and production behind it, you know. And uh, and, and and finally, it has to be with, with product, primary uranium coming on, on, on the market. And um, SPUT, with their buying off the, you know, the SPUT, it only does a little bit. This is not a big catalyst, but it all provides a, 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 a tightening up the inventories and all of this. But when uh, over two years, uh, buys 50 million pounds and everybody drools, uh, when the utilities come in, we're talking 400 million to 600 million uh, pounds that are sort of going to be committed in term markets to cover four or five year uh, 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 sort of uh, uh, periods. Uh, even though, and what happens is once this sort of uh, uh, awareness happens, uh, uh, strange things happen. So different utilities have different uh, requirements. One may have three years down the track before they go into the market, some a little bit more shorter. But once somebody realises that there's an impending problem with supply and they come out openly saying, God, we've buggered the bloody problem, we need to uh, to, 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 to sort of make our reactors operate, you know, 100% of the time. And if any fuel manager then has to answer a question where the boss says, what's my reactor doing operating only at 60% uh, when you guys didn't get enough supply? What happens is those those utilities that were uh, further out are forced in their market earlier to protect a position uh, later. So it's a, it's a, I'd use the word calamity where everybody starts uh, fighting. The big difference with this is it's not going to be a spontaneous sort of price surge up and down. I think it'll be a sustained long term uh, because of the the growth uh, profiles that are emerging for nuclear out to 2050, 2060. Those are some fantastic insights, John. So thank you so much for sharing them. We have one last cheeky question for you. Now, we know you don't have a favourite project. So if you were to be a uranium company, either listed on the ASX or internationally, what would you be? And it can't be deep yellow. (laughs) (laughs) What would it be? A next gen. Next gen, yeah, that's a very good choice. We've had other people, um, Warren Gilman from Queens Road Capital, come on and say the exact same thing. And, uh, but next gen won't get into production till late thirty, late twenties, early thirties. So really, Deep Yellow is going to be in production earlier. So Boss <laughs> is going to come in earlier, uh, but they they are smaller uh, smaller producers, and uh, and the um, but you know you 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 get all of all of that when you really look at it and get away from the sort of little operators out of the US, it's an interesting field out there when you really look at them hard and say, well, what's this company got? Where has it got? What's the deposit? What's its team? And get rid of the spruikers that are out there just promising utilities ridiculous amounts of uranium at ridiculous prices that they'll never achieve and deliver on. That's that's the game. And I agree with you. You're better off picking someone that's going to under-promise and over-deliver and have a great track record, which you've no doubtedly, of course, done through Paladin and through Deep Yellow. So thank you so much for chatting with us today. Interesting if we get you on, you know, in five years' time, maybe you'll say a Chinese company because you're a very bull on the China plate of uranium. Really appreciate your insights into the whole sector and thanks so much. Thank you. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Wow, Candice, what a great conversation with John Borshoff. So essentially, Deep Yellow's development and financial strength provides the platform for inorganic growth opportunities, with the company focused really on acquiring additional projects to further extend its development pipeline into the mid-21st century and beyond. 
How exciting. Yeah, and I think it definitely is. And I think for me, you know, you've got to be patient capital when it comes to uranium because as you said, you know, it's a minimum 10-year kind of scope to build out the mine. But what's really comforting is the leadership and they really have a strong proven track record back at um, Paladin for him and his team, John and his team at Deep Yellow to really execute. Obviously, the commodity price and whole deceleration, decarbonisation, all those buzz ESG words is the right place to be. So really interesting to follow the success of Deep Yellow in uh, months and quarters to come to hopefully becoming, like he said, one of the major uranium producers, um, which will be really exciting. Now, before we sign off, please remember that although Candice and I are financial advisors at Shore and Partners, Please note our discussion today does not constitute as personal financial advice. As always, you should seek professional advice before making any of your financial or investment decisions. Everything we've discussed is based on facts known at the time, which is the 18th of April, 2023. That's right. And if you're not already following us on our socials, we'd appreciate you jumping on there, giving us a like and follow. Our Instagram handle is at Talk Money to Me Podcast, where we do daily market updates so you can see what happened on the opening and the close. And if you enjoyed this podcast, give us a shout out, guys. This is how we, you know, hear your feedback and improve on the episodes and shows we bring to you wherever you listen to your podcast, whether it's Spotify or Apple. We'd appreciate if you gave us a five-star review. We are available via email at tmtm at equitymates.com. And Equitymates has some new merch available. So head on to the Equitymates website and start buying some of those T-shirts. Until next time. See you then. Talk Money to Me is a product of Equity Mates Media. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. Equity Mates gives listeners access to information and educational content provided by a range of financial service professionals. It is not intended as a substitute for professional finance, legal or tax advice. The hosts of Talk Money to Me are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Equity Mates Media does not operate under an Australian financial services license and relies on the exemption available under the Corporations Act 2001 in respect of any information or advice given. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and, if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from a podcast. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the Equitymates website where you can find the ASIC resources and find a registered financial professional near you. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media and the hosts of Talk Money to Me acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today.